Rabbi we are now on Yud Ches Amud Beis. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine lines. Nine lines before the, um, from the top. All right. Third word in the Hamasim. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to recap. I'm going to recap. Thanks. Now, last week, I'm not last week. I mean, before the summer holidays, we were discussing what it is that the dead people know. Do dead people know about what's going on in this world? And if you recall, it all started, there was a story between Rav Chir and Rav Yonison. Rav Chir and Rav Yonison were walking in a basic forest, in a cemetery, and Rav Yonison's sitsis were dragging over the graves. So Rav Chir said to him, lift up your garment, the dead should not say and tomorrow they will be joining us and now they mock us so Reb Chir was of the opinion that the dead people in their grave they would be aware of the fact that Sitsis was being dragged over their grave so they are aware of what's going on whereas Reb Yodison quoted a prophet and it says, it says in the prophet the Mason don't know anything. That's the translation of the word. The Mason don't know anything, so it doesn't matter if I drag the tzitzis over them. They're not aware. They're not upset. They don't feel insulted by the fact that we're walking with tzitzis as if we're mocking them that they can't wear tzitzis and we can. We can do the mitzvahs. Because that was the discussion, her point. And, and how did Rabbi Chia answer, it says in the post, the Mason don't know anything. They explain that Mason really is talking not about people who are Mason, but we're talking about Rishayim who are still alive, and the Yadim Ma'umah means they don't do anything, they don't conduct themselves in accordance with the fact that afterwards they're going to have to give, to give Din V'Cheshbon. Different Mason, different definition. Yeah, it's a different definition. And, and in the beginning of the puzzle, which says, Chaim, the live people, they know that they will die. That refers to Tzadikim, who mean they know they're making a preparation for what will happen after they die, namely they will have to give them the Cheshbon. But even if the Mason are unaware, mm-hmm. which is the opinion of Rav Yeah, that was Rabbi Anderson's opinion, yes. They still should show respect. Yes, that's right. But it, well, the point is like this: it's not considered. What he's saying is, it's not a disrespect. It's only a disrespect if the mason are going to be insulted by it, right? Yeah. If you disrespect somebody, but they're they're a person, they don't, uh, you know, feel that you're disrespecting them. Then it's not really a disrespect. A disrespect is to say something or do something to another person that will upset them and it will hurt their feelings. But if they don't know anything about it, you're not hurting their feelings, it's not considered a disrespect. But if you... Sorry, let me ask you. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But if that's the case... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm acting the devil's advocate. Yeah, OK. Um, you might, you could, if, if, if they're unaware, then you, you can disrespect anyone that's died because they won't know. Are you with me? Yeah, but it's disrespect with disrespect. I mean, you can turn around and say, well, you can go round knocking down Matsavas, tombstones, because it's not a disrespect. They don't know anything about it. Well... Of course that's considered a disrespect yeah. and you mustn't do that. Yeah. But here we're talking about 
a different version of disrespect. We're talking about yeah. something a much lower level, whereby if you have, have sitzis on, yeah. that means you are, as so to say, mocking the dead because yeah. you haven't got the mitzvah of sitzis. And likewise, you haven't got any mitzvahs. That's a much lower level of mocking. And that was considered to be okay. So now we start off our Gemara today. The truth is, always we're going to learn the sugya now. Quite, it's all about, it carries on for quite a while, about what makes him know, what makes him don't know. Right? The truth is that we don't really know. What do makes him know? No one's come back. Except there is a Gemara... I must say, there is a Gemara, which is, there are two Gemaras, both say the same thing. One is in Baba Basra Yud Ahmed Beis, and one is Pesachim Nun Ahmed Aleph, where we have as follows. I'll, I'll read it out, it's only a couple of lines, which is interesting, because it sort of affects what we're learning here. That it says, Rabbi Yosef, Bered Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Yosef, who was the son of Rabbi Yeshua, Cholish Ingid, he took ill, and slipped into a comatose state. He was in a coma. Right? And Rashi says, during that po- period, his nefesh, his soul, as it were, temporarily left his body and went up to heaven. So in other words, it says, if he died, when he regained consciousness, his father said to him, my chosis, what did you see in, the, in, 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 in Shemaim, in the next world? said to him, I saw an upside-down world to what we have now. Elionim Lamata, the uppermost in this world, Rashi explains those esteemed because of their wealth. In other words, they're not respected because they are great Tamindichachomim or because they've done a lot of charity or because they've done a lot of, uh, of good deeds or whatever. But purely because they've got a lot of money, they are esteemed. Those people will be Lamata. Right? In the world to come, they're the matter below. But Tachtonim Lamala, and the people in this world who are the poor, who we perceive as lowly, says Rashi again, they're considered important in the next world. Okay? Omalei, so Rabbi Shua said to his son, Oilam Boro Reisa, you've seen a well ordered world. He carries on and said, the world to come, material possessions, have got no significance at all. In other words, that is the only thing that we know in any of the Gomorrahs, the only Gomorrah which talks about what happens after a person dies. Otherwise, there's no mention at all, so we don't know.
Oh, the shiver. Yeah. And I want you to go up to your father and ask him to ask for this silo. Right. Yeah. So, so these, uh, one of the sons said, none of them agreed to do it. And one of the sons said, yes, I'll do it. And he fasted. And the next night, he dreamed of his father. And his father, he came to his father. the Shiloh. After Shiloh. Very good. He said, yeah. this is how you do it. And he said, while you're not like you just said, while, you're, uh, while I'm there, can I ask you, um, what do you see? Um, yeah, what's, 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 it, what's happening out there? Like that. So he said, um, there's two things that a Weinstein can't stand. Yeah. One is my focus. And the next thing is, you should be very, very much with on your singing, singing is about Torah on Friday night. So I was going to sing all the mirrors, every mm-hmm. mirror. Very good. And he asked the shine 100%. Ah, yes. One question I've got on this. What's the name of the Rav and the name of the Rosh Hashiva? You have to ask all of them. <laughs> very good. Okay, let's go back. It's a very good yeah, story. Go ahead. Yeah, one is aware of the fact that during the many of the thousand years, it happens that somebody appears... Oh, appears in a dream. For, from the end of the That's for sure. I suppose this, that, that, that is the fact. Yeah. But that could be that Akkad who put into your mind a picture of your father, your grandfather, or somebody who appears to you. Whether it really is the mace, and whether the mace really knows what's going on, this is, this is what the Gemara is discussing. So let, let, let's just, uh, we, we, we're starting off now. By The dead don't know anything at all. So that refers, it doesn't really refer to, refer to Mesim. It refers to people who are alive, but they are Roshoim. Eli Roshoim, these are the wicked people. Shebechayeyem Kurim Mesim. That during their own lives, while they're still alive, they're considered mesim, they're considered dead. Why? Because what it means is that they take no heed to the fact that one day they will die and have to give a reckoning. So that's why they're concerned with Shoyim Shemachayim Kruim Mesim. Now, Rabchia now brings a proof that how do we know that Rashoim Shemachayim Kruim Mesim, that wicked are considered dead even during their lifetime. Shenema, as it says in the Posuk, this is a Posuk in Yechezkel. For Ata Cholol Rosha Nasi Yisrael. And you, Cholol, is a corpse. Dead person. Is a Rosha Nasi Yisrael. The Prince of Israel. Now, the point is like this. This is a Posuk in Yechezkel, as we said. And King Melech Sidkiyohu, King Sidkiyohu, is referred to there as a corpse even though he was actually alive at the time. So that proves that the wicked are considered dead in their own lifetime. Because he, because he, was, uh, he was alive, and he was considered a cholol, a corpse, but they also mentioned that he was a rosha. So it tells you a rosha is considered a corpse, even though he was alive at that time. Yeah. Oh. Oh. oh, very good point. Very good. So Mashal explains ask your question, and he said, Sid Kior was a tzaddik, how can you say he was a rosha? Yeah. The answer is, Gamor and Erechen says, yeah, that the prophet treats him as a rosha, because the people were him, and since it was in his power to stop the deeds of these people, therefore that, and he failed to do so, that's why the prophet treats him as a rosha. You find that quite often in Shas, that Odom Nitzvah, that means if a person is in a position of power to be able to stop somebody from doing an Avera and he turns a blind eye and says, it's none of my business, 
that he will be punished for the Avera because he could have stopped the Avera being done and he didn't. So you're quite right. Sidkior was a Sadiq. But the, 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 the Pulsic reckoned him as a Rosha because he could have stopped the other people doing. Do we know what the Vera is? Do we know what the Vera is? No, no, no. All we know is that the Pulsic says called him a, a, a corpse right, while he was still alive. But it mentions in the same Pulsic that he was a Rosha. So that proves to us that a Rosha, a wicked person, even during his lifetime, is considered mace. And now there's another proof as well, the Ibai Sam Mahokha, or I can bring you a second proof that we can say Sadiq Rashim Shabakaya and Kroya Mesim, wicked people even during their lives are considered Mesim, because it said, we had in last week's Pasha, Apishnaim Adim, that means two Adim come along and they say, We saw Rubin killing Shimon. Apishnaim Adim, Ashlasha Adim, or three Adim, Yumas Hamas. The Mace will die. Ask the Gemara Hayu. How can you say the dead person will die? If the live person will, will, will die, will be killed. He, he, he's not already dead. He's alive, you're going to kill him because he killed somebody. Oh, so it means that our mace make horror since he is wicked enough to be condemned to die. He's obviously a rosher. And therefore you say, you must have This person was already considered a mace while he was still alive because he was a wicked person. So these are the two proofs that the Gemara brings to us that somebody Roshoyim Shabachayim Kriyam Mesim a Rosha even during his lifetime is considered dead. Now we had a story about Rabchia and Rabbi Yonason, as we mentioned before about the Tzitzis. Now we have a story about the sons of Rabchia. Pnei Rabchia Nofet Lekiriosa. Rabchia's sons they went out to the villages where they had fields to work on. They stayed so long, they forgot their learning. They took pains to try and recall what they had learnt. One of the sons said to the other, Does our father, who is no longer alive, know about the pain that we are having, because we have forgotten our learning? The other one said to him, How could he know? He's not alive. Voxiv, and it says in the Posuk, this is a Posuk in Eev, Chabdu Bonov, Veloyoda. His sons will have honor, they will achieve something, and he will not know. Now the mace will not know. So therefore he doesn't know. So the other one said, Veloyoda, is it true that the mace doesn't know? Voxiv, but it's written in the very next Posuk as follows. His flesh will pain him. He will have pain in his flesh. And his spirit will mourn for him. Te'ovol means from the word evil, avelus. So what's the connection between a live person and a dead person? On Rav Yitzchak, Rav Yitzchak explains what the prophet means as follows. That a worm is as painful when, when a person dies and the worms come to him, it's as painful to the dead as a needle is to living flesh, to flesh, to a person who's alive. So what do we see from that? That the dead are aware of their bodies because it says it's painful, a worm is painful to a dead person, which means a dead person is aware of what's happening to him. 
So presumably, just as they are aware of what is happening to them, they are aware of other things that everything that's going on in the world. And answers the Gemara, Amr, and they said, no. That's not a proof. You can't bring a proof from there that they know what's going on in the world. But Sarah is only other. They know about their own suffering. They know what's happening to their bodies. But they don't know the pains of others. In other words, they, it, it's not a proof just because they know what's happening to their bodies that they know what's going on outside in the outside world. Very good. Fake the more of a lie. And we come to a very interesting story here. Sorry, can I say something? Yes. The, the sons of um, Rav Yosef, yeah? Yes. Yeah. They, they forgot their learning. Rav Chia. Sorry, I'm sorry, Rav Chia. Yeah. They forgot their learning. Yeah. Uh, was it over several years? Yeah. They went and they worked very hard went in business looking after their fields. And, and because of that they yeah. neglected to learn and they forgot their learning and they started, they were very upset that they had forgotten it. So, carries on the Gemara Belay. Is it right, is it correct that dead people do not know about what's going on in the world? Well, Tanya, but we learned in the following Brisa. Now, this is their story. It happened there was once a Chosid a chosid doesn't mean a man who wears a strammel and a bekesha. Right. A chosid means a pious man. He was a very pious man. And the mashor says, identifies him as either Rabbi Yehuda Bailoi or Rabbi Yehuda ben Bova. It works out from Gomorrah's. Any case, Shenosan dinner la'oni be'eru rashashonah b'shnei Who gave a dinner as charity to a poor man on Erev Rosh Hashanah in a year of famine. And his wife got very upset over it. So again, the Mashal brings from a Gomorrah in a Dorim that Rabbi Huda Bailoi was a very poor man and very likely had given away his last dinner. Right? They didn't have any, and it was in a time of Batsaris where they couldn't get food in any case. So it came to Yontuf, that they didn't have food, whatever, in any case, she got annoyed. So he decided, listen, I can't take this anymore. He decided he needs a bit of peace and quiet. Where do you go if you want real peace and quiet? Cemetery. He went to the Besak forest where none of the tenants there disturbed him at all. Okay, but long means he spent the night in the cemetery. He heard two spirits, and Rashi says these were two young girls. What? Two young girls. Young girls, Rashi says. Shtei ruchos, shtei yelodos mesos. Two girls who had died, two young girls who had died. And they were talking to each other. Omna chadol chavata. One said to the other, Chaveriti boy of anosha ba'olam. My friend, let's roam around the world. Whatever this means. I mean, remember, these, these are all esoteric. It's hard to understand it. And whether one takes it in the physical sense that they were actually flying like angels. But let's go, let, let's, let, let's go into, the, into the world. And here from behind the curtain, what does that mean? That means the curtain that partitions off the Shekhinah, the Divine Presence. 
let's go and sort of hear what's Mapur on the smaller island. So behind the curtain being the spiritual world. Yeah, yeah. Well, the curtain means a curtain that partitions off from between people and Hashem. In other words, let's go near Hashem and hear. You know, again, it doesn't mean literally. It means let's go and find out Mapur on the smaller island. What misfortune has come to the world this year? Now. Rashi says, or the, the God explains in Rashi as follows. Rashi says, What they were geyser today, what punishment was decreed today that should come to the world. The world is judged on Rosh Hashanah. So the Mephoshim explained in Rashi that this must have been the second night of Rosh Hashanah. Not the first night of Rosh Hashanah, because Rashi says, let us hear what happened today. Now, it didn't happen on the era of Rosh Hashanah. Hashem doesn't decide what's happening. Hashem decides on the first day of Rosh Hashanah. So since it says they slept there overnight, it must have been the second night of Rosh Hashanah. If so, I've got a question to ask you. If it was the second night of Rosh Hashanah, right, um, he gave the stocker to the only to the poor person on era of Rosh Hashanah. And Agamora says that's when she got annoyed. So why did he only go on the second night? Why was he only there on the second night? Oh. Can anyone suggest an answer? Um, delayed reaction. Yes, that could, that could be. Yes. It could, you could say two answers I've got. I haven't seen it anywhere. Either perhaps she only found out during the day of Rosh Hashanah and then started sort of yes. giving him a Mishabera. Yes. Perhaps there wasn't enough food on the, set, on, on the day. Where, 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 where do you spend the money? Where's the food? Oh, I gave it to the poor man. So it only came out, she only found out about it on the day of Rosh Hashanah. That could be one answer. The second answer can be that she started getting annoyed with him on Erev Rosh Hashanah when it actually happened. And he thought he could handle it. But by the second night, he felt he could take no more. And he was, he was off to the basic forest. So that's one of two answers. But it seems to be from Rashi and the way the Mephosh, and particularly the God, Explains in Rashi that this this story happened on the second night of Rosh Hashanah. Can I ask a question? Irrelevant. Yeah. Um, the Gemara doesn't whitewash the shortcomings of people, even great people. Yes. And yet we are very particular, aren't we, about laws of Lashon Hara? In other yes. words, yes. I mean, you get books. I'm, I'm thinking of of Pesach Kron's book, Rabbi Kron's book, yeah. where they they admit the people that they're totally talking about. They all sort of names their pseudonyms and things like that. Yeah. And yet, the, the, the Gemara goes to the jugular. Yeah, that's true, true, because the Gemara, it, 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 here, it, we're telling a story, and we're learning a lesson from this story, yes. because this sort of sheds light onto whether we, whether Mason, whether dead people, can, um, can, can know what's going on or not. It's so in all, so in all, yeah, it, it's true. So it tells that story, yes, and even know. if there's some people come out of it looking not so good, yes. but, you know, like it says, like ain't sadik for oret. I say, yes, not everyone is normal. Yes. So you know, a, a wife can get upset. Yes. You know. So, but I'll tell, I'll tell you, remind you, remind me of a story of a, of a man who wrote a book on Lashon Hara, yes. and he came to sell it. So he knocks on the door and he says to the person, that I'd like to sell. It. I've just bought out a safe on Lashon Hara. Would you like to buy it? He says, listen, you're wasting your time in our house. We know all the denim of Lashon Hara backwards. So there's no point in selling it to us. 
but number 32 over the road, you can sell it to them. Okay. That's, uh, because we're dealing with such sadness, we have to sort of inject a bit of humour as well. Anyway, so she, she said to her friend, let's go and find out what Hashem, what Gezerah, what decrees Hashem has made on the first day of Rosh Hashanah. Amalach Habatah, her friend, said to her, I can't come with you. I'm buried in a matting of reeds. It is because... Uh, um, reeds. Reeds are like... Um, uh, you pick up like from... Fl- um, how would you translate the word reed? Uh, another English word. Um, reeds? Oh, reeds. Reeds are yeah, things yeah. that you pick up from the ground. Yeah, yeah but a, a, a word that Leo can understand. Not, not, not a posh word. It means you, you've matting, got matting, matting, matting. It's like you know what you put on a sucker, yeah, yeah. Uh, what you put on a sucker sometimes. Um, okay. Matting. Yeah, you know what? You know sometimes in a sucker, people don't have some people don't have real schach, but they have like a, a matting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just as a matting, a reed, 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 a reed matting. Oh, so another question. She said, "I cannot go because I'm buried in a reed matting." Now, the different shots in what that means. What does it mean? It, what it means is, the reason why they did that was because the family was too poor to afford sh- linen shrouds. Because one has linen, and therefore she was ashamed to be seen in, in, in poor attire, like the matting of reeds. Right? And the Mechsa of Meliar talks about this, Robert Dessler, because it says really, the, the other spirit was not really proposing to leave the grave didn't really mean that, right? But he's saying the spirit appears dressed in the same clothing as the body itself. Or another reason that Slach gives and says like that, as long as the body hasn't decomposed, the spirit, the nefesh, can't come away from it. So therefore, if you have um, linen, linen de- the reason why we take linen for, for, for a mess is because it decomposes very quickly. And therefore... Since, since she didn't have, she had this sturdy reed matting, right? So that her body was unable to decompose quickly, and therefore the nefesh couldn't go out. Okay, well, it's not things really we understand. But anyway, she said, because I've got this mead, uh, reed matting there, I cannot come and join, and, and join with you. I thought the more righteous, the, 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 the huh? longer it takes to decompose, the more righteous. Oh, yeah. They what? Else for that. That what? Yeah, that's true, true. We're talking about... Don't decompose. They said that they, they said when we were when we were in litter, they said that they 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 um, took up the the, the Vilna Gaon, which from a hundred years ago the Vilna Gaon, the the Chaver Kadisha, and they moved him somewhere and he was Molly. He was he was yeah. he, he, he was thinking, yeah. We're talking about ordinary people now. We're not talking about uh, you know special Gadayla Olam. Ela lachi at umash at but come back and tell me. Uh, w- um, c- come back and tell me whatever you hear. All right. So so far the story was one said to the other, "Let's go and find out what Gazeris Hashem has done in this Rosh Hashanah," and the other one said, "I can't come with you because I'm buried in this um, reeds." Uh, but you go and find out and you let me know. Hokahi. So she went for shot or ball, and she went out and she and she came back. Her friend said to Chaverti, "My friend, what have you heard?" Amalah, she said, Shamati, I heard as follows. 
that crops of anyone who plants this winter at a time of the first rain will be destroyed by hail. Now what this means as follows. Rainfall in Eretz Israel generally only falls in winter. So it says the first of the winter rain is expected by the 17th of Cheshvan. If you look in Gemaratanus, it will explain all this. Mishnah is there. Right. The second is on the 23rd of a week later, basically, of Cheshvan. And the third is on the 1st of Kislev. So what this girl heard was like this. That anyone who plants crops at the beginning, about 17th of Cheshvan, when the first rain comes, then when the second rain comes, it will come with hail, and the hail will destroy it. Why will the hail destroy it? Because since it's already planted a week ago, it's already firm, and therefore the hail will come along and smash it. And we find a similar thing like that in Mitzrayim. Because you know when the hail, the borod, fell in Mitzrayim, Rashi says, it says, What it says is like this, that when the hail came, the flax and the barley, they were smitten. Why? Because the hail came down and the barley was ripe and so was the flax was in its stalk. It was hard. Therefore, when the um, borod, the, the, the hail came onto it, it smashed it and broke it. But the wheat and the spelt, they were not smitten because they only ripened later. So they were soft and therefore the hail falling on them didn't damage them. So it's the same thing. This is what he heard. So what did he do? He was clever. He thought, oh, this is a good business idea. <laughs> this, 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 um, this man who had overheard the two girls speaking. Halachu, oh, right. this pious man who had gone because his wife was uh, upset with him, yes. he heard this at the basic forest, and the Zora Bravishnia, he planted, he planted his crops at the time of the second rain. Because remember, we, we heard, he heard anyone who does it at the time of the first rain, when the hail comes down, it will smash it and break it. So therefore, what did he do? He only was Zora, he planted at the time of the second rain. So when the hail came, his was soft, and they didn't do any damage to it. So as the Gemara says, everyone's crops were destroyed. His were not destroyed. And some of the Mephoshim say the reason why his, his were not destroyed, right, is because it was a reward for him having given his last penny to this poor man on Rosh Hashanah. But isn't there a prohibition communicating with spirits? Yeah, of course. That's why I want to tell you something. Yeah, I mean, it's, the, yeah it's a good question. The Mashah actually says it's it, it's it, he couldn't believe that an, an, a Chosid would spend the night of Rosh Hashanah in the basic forest, and he actually says it was all dreams. He says it was all dreams. But let's, let's take the simple thing. The question is, see, a, a, sure, yeah. a story like this, you can't really ask logical yeah. questions on it, because it's beyond our understanding. Yeah. Yeah. But you'll see why this story is brought at, at the end. So let's carry on. So what he did, so shall I lock up? So his were not destroyed. The Shonachar is the next year. Holach Valamba based on Chorus. He went again. <laughs> you know, it doesn't say whether he fell out with his wife that time or not. It presumably picked up a good business tip last year, and that must have made him a lot of money because he was the only one who had crops and he could probably sell them for good money. So he said, I'll go again. This Rosh Hashanah, see you see it here again. But Shama Osnish Day Rukshem Sapreserves. Again, he heard the same two spirits 
uh, speaking with each other. One said to the other, the same story as last year. Let's go in the world. Let's hear what Hashem has decreed for this year. On the laws, you replied, my friend, did I not already tell you? I cannot come with you because I'm buried in a matting of reeds. And obviously, the Mephosh will explain because it was a year later. So by this time, the other spirit thought that the first one spirit that the, the, the uh, machatzeres shell, the matting of reeds, would have already decomposed. That's why she asked her again. And lachiat, you go again. So she said, it's not, it's not decomposed yet. Oh, mashat shamis really come back and tell me whatever you hear. So she went and she roamed. She returned. But and a friend said to her, my friend, What did you hear this year? So she heard like this. Shamati Crops of anyone who plants it at the second rain now, a, a wind will come along, right? And it, oh, this wind only affects things that are soft, right? So now, everybody, everybody who'd been hit by last year's yeah. hail, because they did it in the first rain, yeah. and they'd been hit by it, so they said, right, this year we're going to do it on the second one. But he had heard that, no, if you do it on the second one, right, it will be soft. And this year, blight, it means like a wind will come along and will destroy it because it's soft. So what did he do? He went and did it on the... He planted his plants on the Revere Shinam, the first rain. And by the time it came the second rain, it was already harder. And therefore, this blight, this wind didn't affect it. Everyone's crops were blasted. And his were not blasted. So if he's still oh, writing fellow, why yeah. doesn't he share his news with other people? If what? He's a righteous, a righteous man, yeah? Yeah. So you should You're right. other people. Good question. I can't, I can't answer it. You should, You're right. I have to think about an answer to that. You're a very good, good point. Amalai Ishtai, so his wife said to him, hang on a minute, she, she worked out something was up. <laughs> Why is it that last year everyone's crops were destroyed by hail? Except yours. Yours was the only one that was not destroyed. But Achshav and this year, Shekolodim Kulon Nishtaf, that everyone, obviously he hadn't told her the story. They had gone to Basic Forest and overheard it. She had to, she saw what was going on, that he planted it at different times than everybody else, and it worked well for him. But Achshav, Kolodim Kulon Nishtaf, everyone's crops were blasted with wind, but Shekolodim Nishtaf, and yours were not blasted. It's obvious that there's something going on here. There, there must be some reason. So he told her the whole story. He told her the whole story of you were upset with me, I went to Bessach Forest, I overheard what these two uh, spirits were saying, etc., etc. Omro, now this is quite sad. It was only a few days later, a quarrel broke out, the wife of that Chosid, and between the mother of the child who was buried in this reed matting. Uh, right? identified her. Yeah, in other words, it, it is a separate thing. So he, he explained to his wife why he had planted it at different times, etc., etc. Did he know? The, the, did one by one, 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 one. So then he said, a few days later, there was an argument broke out. You can tell this woman was probably somebody who's quite argumentative. First she fell out with her husband, and now she fell out with another person. It just, it was a woman, the wife of that Chosid, who had been upset with him, had an argument with somebody else between the mother 
of one of the girls who would sing. And, and, and the monks, and the, and the, it, it is obviously with the one who was buried, not with linen, but the other one who was with rebatting. Amrullah, and in the course of that quarrel, the wife said to her, she was trying to tell her off, and incidentally, it does say, Ben the wife, it doesn't say her name. So perhaps that you know, answers your question, Clive, that we don't want to talk lush and horror. But it's a story that happens, it's got to be repeated, but it's repeated in a way anonymously, because it doesn't give her name. Now, she said, this woman, the wife of the Chosid, said she wanted to sort of have a go, have a shtech, as they say, against the mother of the girl who was buried. And she said, I want to show you your daughter's buried in a matting of reeds. In other words, a lack of cover is disrespectful for you to bury your daughter in a matting of reeds. You should have given her a proper burial with linen. The next year, this man again went two years. He sort of hit the jackpot. So he decided, right, let's go for a hat trick. And <laughs> he went along to the basic forest. Again, he heard the same two spirits. One said to the other, let's go and roam the world. Let's hear what Hashem has decreed for this year. Omrullah, now she answered differently. Remember, the first two times she said, I can't come with you because of what I'm buried. This time she gave a different answer. And this is the whole crux of the story. My friend, leave me. The words that we spoke between ourselves in the past years have already been heard amongst the living. In other words, in, no, wait a minute. In other words, right, she's saying what we discuss here has been heard by the living, right? In other words, she had heard, so, so carries on the Gemara, Alma Yoda. Apparently the dead do know what is spoken by the living because this girl was aware of what her mother had been told by the wife of that Chosid. The wife of that Chosid wanted to have a go at, this, at the woman, at the mother of this girl, and said, how could you bury your daughter in such a disrespectful way? And she turns around and she says to her friend, when she said, look, come on, let's go and find out again on Rosh Hashanah what Hashem has decreed for the world. She says, I can't go with you because everything that we have said has been heard. Everything that, um, uh, the words that we spoke between ourselves has already been heard amongst the living. So she knew what was spoken amongst the living. So this is a proof that the Masim know what's going on in the other world. Well, well, let me just finish and then, then come to the question, yeah? So answer the Gemara, no, this is not a proof. Dilma perhaps another person died in the interim, but and he went and told them about it. Because even according to the view that the Masim, the dead people, they're not aware of what's going on in the world, but they can still be informed of them by somebody who's come along and died. So what we're saying, it's not a proof that she knew what her mother had been told and so on, but somebody might have died and came and told them and said, I overheard that the wife of that Chosid and your mother were talking. So it's not a proof that they know what's going on in the world. Only it could be that a mace came along, another person who had died in the interim had come along and told her what had happened. Let me just...